the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has really never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Well, I'm kind of hoping we're getting past the stage in America, hey, in the world, where you get, quote unquote, canceled if you have a question about the COVID vaccine, if you have questions about the origin of COVID, if you have any questions about the COVID, the pandemic, the whole few years we've been spending ensconced in fear and driven to do things like wear masks. I hope that's over. My two guests didn't care whether it was over or not when they started speaking out. They are Hall of Fame basketball player John Stockton and Peter McCullough, the doctor who has been really on the forefront with the McCullough method of treating COVID-19 and so much more. And both suffered great personal and professional loss for speaking out, but they didn't care because they really believed in what they were doing and saying, and they believed that the truth was not out there. And in large part, maybe it's still not. I think we still have so many questions to be answered. We're going to talk to both of these gentlemen. This is the first time they're meeting uh, here on camera in this podcast. They've gotten to know each other sort of peripherally, but this is an exclusive to have the two of them together. They've each been on the podcast separately before, but I think this is going to provide a unique dynamic. And again, to hear from people with courage who are fearless because they believe they're doing the right things is something we're big on here at Sideline Sanity. So John Stockton and Dr. Peter McCullough, join us next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world... Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I've had both these gentlemen on the show before, but this is the first time I'm having them together. John Stockton, Dr. Peter McCullough. Welcome to you both. I'm going to start with this sudden death of Ty Wells, the University of Arizona, 23-year-old swimmer. And we don't have a cause of death yet, doctor, but it sure does feel like we're seeing a lot of sudden deaths around this country of young, healthy people. What's your takeaway when you see this this news yesterday? Well, let's just uh, review some of the data, Dr. Uh Polycretus and myself, he's an investigator from Italy, published in one of the European journals that before the vaccines, just using a public blog, which is keeping track of this, 
the during a stable period, the average number of cardiac arrests among European soccer and rugby players, pro and semi-pro, under age 35, was about 29 cardiac arrests per year. And that's a large number of athletes. It is, yeah. And since the advent of the COVID-19 vaccines in 2021, annualized apples to apples comparison, that number's jumped up to 283 deaths per year. Uh, we've uh, applied to the editor to, to make a revision. We had uh, reported the top line number of all athletes, even older ones, and had gotten a lot of feedback to just make it apples to apples. That number is going to come in at annualized at 283 per year. It represents a tenfold increase. I mean, that's just hard to explain. John, you and I had talked earlier about you seeing these numbers and trying to tell people about these numbers. And people thought you were making it up or pulling it out of thin air or over-exaggerating and, and the like. So given that number that Dr. McCullough just recited, what what do you what do you say to people? Well, first of all, I wish I, I wish I was making it up, uh, and I wish I didn't hear that number. I mean, it's uh, I held a piece of paper. I think I showed it to you last time. It's one page out of ten, and the script was so small you couldn't even read it with the naked eye. All with names and vaccine status and their death reports, and it, it's it's staggering. It's heartbreaking because I immediately look at it as the person, their 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 fathers, brothers, <laughs> mothers, sisters. These are real stories. These are real people. And it gets a little put into statistics, uh, which which is unfortunate. But right now, it's it's such a staggering number that why isn't it the first thing mentioned? And every every time you hear somebody go down, it should be the first thing considered is, are they vaccinated? They could put it to bed right then and there. Game over. And, and nobody is. Nobody's willing to put that. I, I, I thought of you, John, and, and you too, doctor. But, John, I thought of you. Um, when Tamar Hamlin had his cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football there for the world to see and thank God was resuscitated. There were unbelievable professionals available to him that night and since then for his recovery. At the same time, no one ever brought up the vaccine. Now, we we didn't want to knee jerk react to that. You know, people are we don't want to politicize this at the same time. If there is if there is a connection why wouldn't they want us to know, John? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get to sit in on those meetings. I mean, it, it just seems uh, kind of dirty, kind of evil to the core. We had a Washington State University right here, semi-locally, basketball players, same thing. They had to resuscitate him. I heard it was nine minutes um, they did on the floor. So uh, I don't know why they don't want to report. I mean, I do. Uh, it's time to be accountable, held accountable for the decisions that they forced upon us. And I think people have to be backpedaling right now. They're in the backstroke saying, well, how do I get out of this? We we forced this on people. So that's my best explanation. But each person's probably different. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 elections 
storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Dr. McCullough, you are probably far more tapped in than either John or I uh, into this notion of why Pfizer and Moderna, um, and they continue to to push the boosters and they continue to say this is the way. Um, I I personally don't, they've lost so much of our trust. But at this point, why aren't they even curious as to whether or not these vaccines are having negative repercussions, doctor? It appears as if it's a, a cover-up, uh, to be honest. You know, you and I appeared on uh, Tucker Carlson uh, t- within 24 hours of the event, <clears throat> and, and your commentary was, well, it wasn't due to the hit. It wasn't commodio cortis. It's never happened in the NFL. There's breastplate uh, sternal protectors on the pads. And I had made the, the correct predict- prediction. I told America, he's going to recover. He's going to be okay. You know, I handle patients like this. I know exactly what they're doing. He got great care, but there's a straight line relationship here. Uh, President Biden, HHS, early in 2021, announced the COVID Community Core funding program. This was $13 billion of our taxpayer dollars that went out to a variety of entities, prominently the NFL. And the NFL was then, uh, through those monies, uh, supposed to support the vaccines and promote the vaccines. And and then by June of 2021, the FDA came out and said the vaccines cause myocarditis, they cause heart damage. And I can tell you, if I have a patient with myocarditis, our guidelines say we cannot let them play sports because it'll trigger a cardiac arrest. And, and you know, shortly after that, there was Olympic marathoner from Switzerland, Fabian Schrumpf, who developed myocarditis after three shots. She says, listen, I can't run or train. I have to let this settle down. So we had these case examples. The NFL in the summer of 2021 pushes forward with the vaccine program against the player association wishes. They run the campaign for about eight months. Then in March of of 2022, drop everything and claim that 95% of the players took the vaccine. And prominent players, they were called out like Aaron Rodgers, Cole Beasley and others, right? So, you know, we'd assume that there's a 95% chance that Damar Hamlin, a young player was vaccinated and he suffers a primary cardiac arrest. So as a cardiologist, the first question I ask 
would be, did he take one of the vaccines? When did he take it? Could he have had subclinical myocarditis? And then the adrenaline of the play trigger the cardiac arrest. That's number one. And we've gone, you know, we're probably four weeks into this. Hamlin's even done his own press release and there's no mention. Yeah, yeah well, no, <laughs> no one wants to mention it. He hasn't said whether or not he's had the vaccine. I guess if he says I haven't, then the league is disappointed. And if he says I have, then there's a whole lot more disappointed people. And again, you know, it's it's not necessarily causal, but in some cases it is. Before I get back to John Stockton here, doctor, can you just give us a a layman's interpretation of what is myocarditis and what does it do to someone? Myocarditis is heart inflammation. And prior to COVID, you know, we, you know, in my career, I've seen about two cases. It can happen from parvovirus or another condition, a fatal condition called giant cell myocarditis. Very rare. A paper by Arolia and colleagues had pinpointed the incidence at being four cases per million per year. Four cases per million, typically young people. That means in the United States, it was you know 200 to 400 cases of myocarditis per year in the United States. COVID-19 comes in and there's a concern that the virus can cause myocarditis. Uh, this is heart inflammation uh, and it causes scarring. The scarring is typically small. So, uh, you know, you don't feel it. Uh, about half the times it's not felt. And, and then that scar can be the source of an abnormal heart rhythm that actually uh, transmits around the scar and it becomes a very fast rhythm, ventricular tachycardia, puts the player down uh, on the floor. When you see when they, when they go down, they go down with no defenses at all. And then, right. it, then it, it probably it degenerates to ventricular fibrillation. Now, initially, it's very shockable. If you get uh, AED pads on, like with Hamlin, it's, they're survivable. And in the data that Polycreatus and I have published, about uh, a third can be resuscitated. But if they're not prompt with the AEDs, uh, it, it's fatal. And even you know a young, healthy person, we're talking athletes at the prime of their life, they've already been screened out for other conditions. So, so, you know, we have a, a situation where, where it, you know, it is the vaccine until proven. Otherwise, we now have autopsy studies, uh, one from Schwab in Germany, the other one from Chavez in Colombia, showing that indeed the myocarditis is fatal. It is the cause of death. We have U.S. papers, one by Gill in Connecticut, two boys age 16 and 17 take Pfizer on days three and four after the shot. They're found dead at home by their parents. No, no chance to even call 911. Autopsies are done. University of Michigan, University of Minnesota pathologists weigh in. They conclude that the vaccine has caused fatal heart arrhythmias. So, you, you know, this is a straight line relationship. Myocarditis can and is fatal if the athletes continue to play and work out when they you don't know they have the condition. Now, in 2020, there was such a concern that COVID could do it that the Big Ten ran an entire screening program for a year. They screened thousands of athletes. The military did so, too. They found a handful of cases, none of them significant, uh, and none, no hospitalizations or deaths with COVID. So they shut down the program. Then in 2021, the FDA says the vaccines cause COVID. The published papers say it can, the, 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 the vaccines cause myocarditis, I'm sorry, and that the FDA and the peer-reviewed literature says it's fatal, and the leagues don't redeploy the screening program. That that leaves me scratching my head. Quick break, and on the other side, I want to ask John Stockton why this topic is so important to him, because clearly he's risked a lot. Back in a second. 
Let me read you this startling quote. A food shortage could be coming even in the U.S. That's uh, from economic experts. They wrote that recently, and that's why survival food is more important than ever. So you can create your own stockpile of the best-selling four Patriots survival food kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. Hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. We love that. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant. They stack easily, so you can put them in the basement. You can put them in a pantry. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to 4 and use code MICHELLE. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-1-L to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including this three-month survival kit. You'll get their famous year-long guarantee after you order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called Four Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code Michelle, M I C H E L E, and get 10% off. That's four patriots, the number four patriots.com, code Michelle. Start building your own stockpile today. You do not know when you might need it. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Back with John Stockton and Dr. Peter McCullough. John, you've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, you were really one of the original voices of caution about this COVID vaccine. Why is this so important to you? It's, I, a lot of people are hearing it and they're thinking, wow, this is scary or this is, but you've really sort of made it a mission. Yeah, a little bit. Um, specifically one thing, I don't know. I, I feel like I was tracking this for a while. Um, I was introduced into being a little bit of an anti-vaxxer a long time ago, and I resisted because I grew up with a medical background. And uh, it took a while. But then once my eyes were open, I said, okay, this is this is a bad thing. Vaccines do hurt people. Vaccines do have chemicals in them that cause things. And, and there's never a causation after the fact. They, they can't trace it. Why? Why do you have disease four or five years later? It's certainly not traceable back to the vaccine. And yet, you know, chemicals like marisol, mercury, uh, aluminum, uh, formaldehyde, they're, they're in some of these shots. And uh, once you take them, you can never rule it out. So enter COVID and uh, that same formula was being applied and more and more people weren't seeing it. More and more people, I mean, we got all the way to full masks and mandates and, um, uh, my own school, they they eliminated the personal exemptions for the MMR shot just a couple of years ago after announcing 
that summer that they don't work. I mean, that's a CDC announced it doesn't work. And then somehow manipulated the government to, to disallow the personal exemption. So when you, when you see those types of things happen, you say, well, look, I, I, if I know this, I can't remain silent. That, that's all there is to it. I, I feel a duty to the kids, um, not just mine and, and my grandkids, but when I see these students sitting across from me at games, that's, that's what I became duty bound. And, and as you said, initially, you know, it, there was some discord between you and your alma mater and it, it just, you didn't want to wear a mask. They didn't want you in the arena. Um, so, now that we've had some passage of time, which, as we know from Kamala Harris, is very important, the significance of the passage of time. Um, <laughs> sorry, little joke there. John, um, now that we've had some, some time pass, how are you seeing the response to your, your beliefs change, if at all? For the most part, good. I still get, I've got nothing but great responses in person. People coming up to me, people sending letters, um, say, hey, thank you. You have a voice. You're using it. That helps us. Thank you so much. So that's mostly what I get. Um, when I talk to people that were resistant to, to that, those types of subjects earlier, there, there's a lot more people um, talking about it as if that was their idea all along. And that's good by me. <laughs> not looking for credit on any of this stuff. We just want it to stop. And so when I see people have been make that shift and start to see this thing without the rose colored glasses on, I'm elated. And uh, that's mostly what I'm seeing. Dr. McCullough, we, we mentioned masks here. This is another big bone of contention because I know there are some school districts in America who want to reimpose the masks. Um, I, I just, it, I thought we decided that the, they don't work. Now maybe the N95s work. I don't know. But not every school kid in America can get his or her hands on an N95. I mean, it's just and, – and then you see people on airplanes in cloth masks and you want to say, hey, do you, but that's ineffective. I mean, wh where are we with masks here today in early 2023? You know, out yesterday on my Courageous Discourse Substack, I uh, summarize and present the Cochrane Review on this. The Cochrane Review Group and particularly the Infectious Disease Respiratory Group – is considered the, the the top authority on medical evidence. And they've concluded, they looked at 86 studies, uh, dozens of specific studies in COVID-19 and influenza, that public or community masking is of little or no value. It was statistically insignificant from zero, not doing anything. Even N95s or P2 respirators in the hospital uh, looked like they didn't do much, uh, to be honest with you. Um, and so I, we're back to where we were before the pandemic. The CDC says if we come in contact, you know, in a hospital with a COVID patient, we should wear a mask. I agree. We do that for other respiratory illnesses. I wear it in the cardiac cath lab in the operating room. But that's what I've done for decades. Uh, there was no role for public masking from the very beginning. It was a giant preoccupation for public health uh, administrators. It was a driver of fear. And I think of all the time and energy wasted on masking, we should have been promoting other things that really work, like early prevention uh, with uh, virucidal nasal washes. There's 12 studies using dilute povidone iodide and dilute uh, hydrogen peroxide sprays and gargles. That really works as part of our protocols. And then focusing on what to do when someone gets acutely sick with COVID. The preoccupation on masks, I think, will go down as a public health debacle. I, I can see the history books in the future and uh, the word fear goes along with it perfectly because th that's what it's based on this fear of 
either giving or getting the virus, you know, and so you think that that mask somehow, I, I'm sure some people use it a virtue signal. I know for a fact some people do in, in my circles. So it, it is, it's amazing. And I do think it's just going to be one of those warts on medical history. Um, one more quick break. And then when we come back, I, Dr. McCall, I'd like you to give people some reason to hope that from this moment on, what they can do to best carry on amidst this COVID, which is going to be with us forever. That is next. Well, question mark city. I feel like I have question marks floating above my head when it comes to this economy and inflation and gas prices and where we're all going with our money. And we'd love for it to end. But the fact of the matter is 2023 doesn't look very promising. So here's what you do. You take the money that you do have and you protect it. And that doesn't always mean investing in stocks. It means investing in gold and silver which is going to grow your money and protect it no matter what. See, gold is a hedge against inflation. It protects against a weakening dollar. Whenever the dollar gets weaker, gold gets stronger no matter what. So if you invest some of that money that you want to protect and make sure it doesn't disappear into thin air, gold is the way to go. And when I invest in gold and silver, the only folks I trust are the folks at Legacy Precious Metals. You want to check them out at LegacyPMInvestments.com. They will educate you as to how your situation is unique and how you might invest in gold and silver. Now, remember 2008? I know it seems like a long time ago, but if you recall, those who invested in gold saw gains and others who didn't, well, they lost their retirements, many of them. So this is the time. Run, don't walk to your phone and call Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or go to LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide, LegacyPMInvestments.com. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. All right, Dr. McCullough, I, I'm, I'm guessing that if people are listening to this podcast and they hear about myocarditis and they think, oh my gosh, my son, he's 18, he got vaccinated and got boosted and then got another boost. What if he has myocarditis? I mean, what would you, if someone's just hearing this and it, it grips them with a little bit of fear, how would you advise them? Well, first we have to go over the, the risks. Two prospective cohort studies, one by Mansugian 
in Bangkok, Thailand, the other one by Lepesek and Mueller, Mueller, a friend of mine in Basel, Switzerland, have estimated that about 2.5% of people who take the vaccine suffer some heart damage. It's 2.5%. Now, you know, that, that is a big number for, for heart damage for sure, but that also means you know, 97.5% of people don't uh, have any heart damage. And uh, it seems to be explosive, at, particularly after shot two in the, in the next 30 days or so. Uh, it is treatable. Japanese are showing us the way there. We use a, a variety of drugs to treat it. If there's early heart failure, we do additional drugs. I have dozens of patients like this in my practice, dozens. I mean, I tell you, this is now, I saw one or two for decades. Now I have dozens after the COVID-19 vaccine. It's very common. Our CDC says there's over 4,800 uh, 4, confirmed cases that doc concerned doctors like myself reported in, uh, and that's underreported many fold. So believe me, America has seen a ton of myocarditis. It's treatable. Uh, we're hoping it resolves. The human heart can resolve a scar, uh, provided it's not an ischemic scar, which, it, which it's not. Uh, we still need longer-term MRI studies. The athletes do have to stay out of competition. This is very important. If they have subclinical or clinical myocarditis and they push through it, they can and will suffer cardiac arrest. That's what we're seeing. Uh, I'll give you something hopeful. I think probably the most hopeful paper on the, il the illness itself was published by Chin and colleagues, New England Journal of Medicine, October of 2022. This is very important. 59,000 prisoners, 17,000 staff, and they looked at who got COVID. And if someone had previously had COVID through the Omicron or Delta outbreaks, and our uh, Harvard uh, study by Klassen shows that 94% of Americans have already had COVID. It means almost all the athletes have had COVID. If they get a second case, zero chance of hospitalization and death, zero. So I can tell you the athletic teams don't need to have COVID protocols. All they need to do is keep track of who's had it previously and understand that the, the risks are negligible. John, what would you say to young athletes who maybe are thinking they're, they're on the fence. They don't know what to do. And maybe their team, I don't know, can teams at this point demand that players get vaccines or is that behind us guys? I'm not even sure of the answer there. Who, who knows? Well, a lot of them aren't taking credit for demanding it in the first place. They, they walked around and said, well, we didn't really demand it. However, you couldn't get into school if you did. You couldn't exactly. you travel with the team. So they're, they're, they're always kind of playing with that that fine line. I, I think this comes down to a freedom issue and, and the right to autonomy of our own body. You know, whether, whether it causes myocarditis, whether it hurts people, da, 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 none of that matters as much as nobody has the right to force that on us for any reason. Mm -hmm. We have the right to our own body. And, and really that's, that's it. I, I, you know, I used to watch World War II movies with my dad and we would talk about stuff because he was towards the end of that war and all the things that they fought for. And, and, we saw experimentation. That's where these rules all came to be with the, with the Nuremberg code. And so they're just blasting through all the laws brought about by that. And, and kids, young people don't know this. They didn't sit through those movies 40 years ago with my dad. So uh, I'm trying to make them aware of that. Listen, there's no, nobody has the right to force this on you, period. Stand up for your rights. And then it doesn't matter what you think of the disease or the damage to the disease. Yeah, it really does alarm me how many people are willing to obey and just get in line and do as they're told if the fear of God is put in them as it as it certainly was in this country and really worldwide, I think, uh, with this pandemic. 
So, um, Dr. McCullough, you've said that myocarditis is treatable. Are you, how would you advise people going forward as we keep getting told to boost and boost and boost? Uh, What do you tell people? At this point in time, the boosters have no theoretical benefit. Uh, Already the virus is mutated away from the BA4, BA5 subvariant. We're on the BQ and XBB variants. Uh, There are no studies showing that they block uh, transmission of the virus, no randomized trials showing reductions in hospitalizations and deaths as a primary or secondary endpoint. So at this point in time, there's no theoretical reason to give vaccines. Uh, you know, we actually pushed hard and we got this out of the military. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, th- there's a one-way street of dropping these vaccine mandates. But people need to understand that they have something in their body now we can't take out. We're extremely worried. Most of these vaccines were genetic vaccines that people took, either Pfizer, Moderna, uh, and Janssen vaccines. And to be vigilant now. Don't take any more shots. And then be vigilant. If there's chest pain or symptoms, get an evaluation. We just heard the story of MSNBC anchor Yasmin developing myopericarditis and pericardial effusion. Now, now she's incorrectly ascribed it to the common cold with her doctor, but she was fully vaccinated. And I can tell you as a, as a cardiologist, it, you know, it is due to the COVID-19 vaccine. But people need to start being much more vigilant in thinking that they've taken an experimental vaccine and they could be having a side effect. So how long are those side effects uh, capable of, of appearing, presenting? Because, I mean, if you had your last shot in 2021, and here we are early 2023, is it still possible? I think the wild card, this is what I've seen in my practice, is I think everybody's fine. If it's, you know, 18 months, two years, and nothing's happened, I think they're fine. The wild card is if they get COVID. Remember, the vaccines don't work. And so they get COVID anyways, they get re-exposed to the spike protein. And I've had two women in my practice, you know, the, the vaccines were 18 months ago, but they got intervening COVID and now they had life-threatening blood clots. Uh, if this happened, by the way, we believe to Tampa Bay Bucks coach, uh, Bruce Arians, took multiple shots and then he ends up with myocarditis uh, in October. He was hospitalized. Uh, it happened to, uh, we believe, Al Roker, the weatherman, took multiple shots on TV, gets covid ends up hospitalized twice with life-threatening blood clots. I think the risk is the vaccine loads in this spike protein, which lasts in the body a very long time. Then they get additional exposures and the risk is still on. That makes me a little nervous. (laughs) Having just recovered from COVID myself and just testing negative for the first time today, um, I haven't had a, a booster in, you know, well over 18 months. But now I'm sort of starting to feel my heart flutter. <laughs> I'm sure it's psychosomatic. Well, be vigilant. The point is uh, be vigilant. So much of this is treatable. We intercept blood clots. Uh, recently, a disturbing report from the FDA by Wu and colleagues from the FDA publishing on thousands of blood clots after vaccination. They're reporting blood clots from the ankle to the hip. These are monstrous blood clots. And about 11% of them were fatal. If we get on it early... We can use blood thinners and hopefully avoid this disaster. And so what should people be attuned to? What would they experience? Asymmetric swelling of the legs. You you fly in planes a lot, Michelle. You you, you notice one leg's more swollen than the other. Immediately get an ultrasound. Uh, The Italians are widely deploying aspirin at a higher dose, 700 milligrams a day post-COVID. And then recently, uh, the Japanese have 
have been studying uh, a, a natural proteolytic substance called natokinase that can actually dissolve the spike protein in preclinical models. Clearly needs human studies, but uh, people are now rushing towards any way they can mitigate risk. And so this aspirin thing, would you recommend it to people? Can it hurt them? How long do you do it? What, what do you think? Aspirin has pros and cons. Of course, it's a pretty significant blood thinner in, in, in some people can cause uh, a gastrointestinal bleeding. But I do recommend it generally after COVID. It's in the McCullough protocol, one of the most widely used COVID protocols for about 90 days, uh, full dose aspirin 325. And clearly in the setting of vaccine-induced thrombosis or risk of uh, I do also advise aspirin. I've been recently advising natokinase as well as a, a supplement. Again, needs clinical trials, uh, but these blood clots, once we, once we get behind on them and they're very large, my experience is they're not dissolving with prescription blood thinners even after a year. This is all such valuable information. John Stockton, you really have put yourself on the line. You've been so courageous about this. I think of uh, Aaron Rodgers as well has been similarly vocal. It, it, it can't be easy. I'm sure you're used to the, the stones being thrown at this point. And, and like we talked about earlier now, maybe people are coming around. But how, how do you intend to continue to use your platform going forward? I don't know that I have much of a platform. Uh, I'm pretty technologically uh, inca un incapable of anything. <laughs> so uh, I, I intend, if, if people like you keep asking, I'd love to talk. I, I, I lend myself more towards a holistic version of care. I mean, I think medicine's had their chance, and uh, this is what the result has been. And so um, I would like to see the door open up, not, not either or, but there's allopathic care, which is medical care, and there's holistic care. And holistic care tends to ask the body what it needs and tries to supply it in terms of nutrients, in terms of, in some cases, adjustments, uh, acupuncture. I mean, there's a lot of great practitioners out there that do that are in their own field that get poo-pooed by medicine, frankly. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity to try one of those uh, at length and see if there's opportunity. So I, I intend to stay in this to answer your question, um, try to provide whatever information I have from my area, which is different than docs, obviously. And, uh, and people can make their choices. We're back to, hopefully we're back to people making their own choices for themselves instead of somebody forcing it upon them. I, I couldn't agree more with that. This, this is a free country for the time being. We got to keep it that way. And that means people putting their foot down and saying, no, no, you, you can't tell me to do this. Um, so I'm hopeful too. Well, both of you are welcome on this podcast anytime at all. I'm so grateful to have your expertise, your thoughts, your, your thoughtfulness. And, and I know Dr. McCullough, you've paid a certain professional price as well, but you keep keeping on. So, um, again, on Substack, it's, what is it again? The courageous, it's courageous discourse Substack. You can also follow me on my podcast, America out loud, talk radio McCullough report. Great resources, both. So check them out. I, I love Substack. It's given us so many opportunities to read so many different voices. And I'm so glad you're there. Uh, along with John Leake, your your cohort, your colleague. So, gentlemen, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Here's to good health. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Everyone, thanks for listening. This has been Sideline Sanity. Don't forget to be brave like these two guys have stood up to so much and do good, and we'll see you next time.
always a good day when Charles Thorngren of Legacy Precious Metals can join us and answer some really different questions. And I thought of a few new ones for you, Charles, if that's okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated and we hear so much about gold and silver and, and precious metals. So if I could just ask this broad question, what is the role of gold mm. in a portfolio? Great question. And when we look at that, and the answer to that is, has a couple of different features to it. It depends on the individual, but its main purpose is the insurance policy for your finances. It is meant to be the foundation by which you do all other things, right? We know that gold and silver um, have an inverse relationship to the dollar. Um, it protects your purchasing power. So when we invest, that's what we're saying. We want to make sure that we have the ability to manage our money and have our money do what we need it to do for us. It's not the collection of dollars for dollar's sake, but for what it does for us, how we pay our bills, how we retire, how we feed our family, how we uh, go on and bless others and, and donate to causes we believe in. That's what money does for us. It's not the dollar itself. It's the thing it provides for us. And what gold does is make sure that that money continues to have purchasing value. Because there are times we find that, hey, my money doesn't have the same purchasing Absolutely. value it had last month. Absolutely. And this is a unique time. We're seeing it. I, I This term called hyperinflation, which usually refers to, you know, inflation in the 18s and 20 percent. I consider this a time of hyperinflation because it's so much more than what we're normally used to. Right. When we prepare and we budget and we say, this is the course of my life and this is how I'm going to do things, this is where I'm going to put my money, we use some basic numbers, 2 to 3% inflation. That's what the Fed says is good. But that's not even great. Over a lifetime, that's a lot of inflationary loss to your dollar. But when you have a period where it jumps to the points where we're at now and we're in the eight and a half, nine is going to be into the double digits soon, in this shorter time frame, that's a hyperinflation situation to me because it throws everything off dynamically and so, so radically. You do, you do see us going into double digits, huh? Absolutely. Oh. The Fed even sees us going into double digits. You know, there was a, an interesting report where one of the, the Fed chairmen were saying, 2023, we're not going to talk about that. But in 2024, by summer, we may be able to start to drop the interest rates. When someone tells me they're in charge of something, but they say this new year that's coming, just forget about that completely. We're not even going to talk about that. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they don't want you to think about it. Exactly. They, don't, they want you to look past it and sort of ride it ride out. It off right now. Just don't even think yeah. about it. It's going to be bad. But hey, 2024, though, you know, and interestingly enough, right around the time of an election, they want to start talking about what they're going to do. Isn't that fascinating? That timing is just really interesting. Before I we finish up here, I, I'm always fascinated with how gold is priced. How, how do we get a price of gold? You know, the spot price of gold is really determined by the world market. The London Bullion Exchange, right? And this has been for hundreds of years now, um, sets a price and the rest of the world revolves around that. Now, our currency will determine how much more than it is in the pounds and things like that. And there's a calculation for it. But that's one of the great things about gold and silver. Their value is recognized around the world. No matter what currency, what country you're in, it has value. 
Uh, I just recently come back from a trip where I was overseas not that long ago, and I bring gold with me everywhere I go. Um, not a lot, so don't try to catch me in the airport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I have something that is valuable no matter where I'm at. I can go anywhere in any country and turn that into its currency in no time at all. You're talking about carrying around physical gold? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Do you, you, do you walk around with dollars? How much is safe to carry around if you're – well – no, you're right. Uh, so if and and that gold is going to have the same uh, value across the board, no matter no matter where I go, slight right? Because very slight deviations, yeah. but it's not very large. Okay. You know, usually less than one yeah. percent difference in the price. This is really interesting. I, I can't let you go before I ask you this because I'm picturing you now walking around with some <laughs> you know, gold coins in your pocket. I'm thinking, wow, that would feel risky. But when you go into another country, for instance, with some gold, how easy is it for you to go say, here, I want to exchange this for, or, you know, I'm assuming you're not going to a restaurant and slapping down a gold no. bullion or something. No. But you could overseas. In certain places of the world, they recognize that just like regular currency. Wow. But I wouldn't use but, gold. But it's dinner. easy to ch exchange once you get to another country? Yeah. Just Very easy. Most of the time you can do it at the airport. Same places where they change currency. A lot of them will change uh, metals too. And is physical bullion the, the, the best way to go? It is. It really is. When you're traveling or always in any investment in gold? Uh, you know, there's certain things you can do outside of just bullion that may make sense once you've laid a portfolio down, right? Um, diversity in metals is important too. But your basis for all investments should be your basic bullion, whether it's gold or silver. You want to have that foundation set in the base metal itself, giving you the most value that you can get. And obviously, every person's situation is unique. So why not just call and speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. Or they can always download your free investor's guide, right? It's true. at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do you have any gold on you right now? I do. Give me half a second. I got to see this. I just want to see. I mean, I, it's, it seems like almost like in the old days when you walk around with that, you know, Mr. Scrooge and his gold coins in his pocket. Not that you're, can you sort of turn it around and show us that? That's now for our listeners, they're not going to be able to, to, just to, to see what we're seeing, but you've got a little container and they're just, they're kind of the size of half dollars, right? Yeah. Would just about a half dollar. And this or? is, this is the American gold Eagle. And this is a, uh... $22,000 worth of metal. Yikes. Charles isn't messing around <laughs> and neither are we, but please go get your questions answered. This is such an important time to be thinking about your money, your long-term play in addition to every short-term concern that you have. Charles, always good to talk to you. Thank you so My much. My pleasure. And you know what? 2023 is coming. Call now, find <laughs> out so you can make your decisions for, before then. Yes. And before the elections again, yes. and they can, tell us what they're going to tell us then they're, they're telling you to overlook 2023 that means you now's the time to inquire Absolutely. again legacypminvestments.com charles thorngren always good to see you thank you three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.